Welcome to Educational Podcasting Today, the show that not only celebrates educational podcasters, but helps you learn how to create one yourself. Hello, my name is Jeff Bradbury. Welcome to Episode 6, Radio versus podcasting. Today in our show, I had the pleasure of speaking to Rob Greenlee, an amazing podcaster and broadcaster and the co-host of the new media show. Rob and I had an opportunity to sit down and talk about all things podcasting. We talked about equipment. We talked about how to get into podcasting. We talked about some of the neat things that he's doing over at Spreaker Radio. I hope you certainly take time today and enjoy the interview with him. Today we're talking all about radio versus podcast. You see, there's a lot of people out there that are getting into podcasts, and it is absolutely amazing. But they're using the term radio, or maybe you're in a classroom and you're using the word podcast. So before we really get into this, I want to start to take a look at the terms that we're using today, because that is really, really important that we use the right words, especially when we're working with our kids. Radio, podcast. Well, what is radio? Essentially, radio is two things. Number one, it's that device in your car. And number two, it is the act of broadcasting live over the air an audio signal. And so sometimes we say, I do radio, or I'm doing the something, something, something radio podcast. And well, you really aren't. And, and it, I, I want to make sure that we get everything clear today before we go on with our series Radio is live. Radio is not recorded. Radio is something that you can listen to. And, you know, if you miss a song, you've missed a song. It is radio. It is live. It is something that you can turn on and turn off. And there really isn't much to it. It is analog. Podcasting is something completely different. Now, many people say, I do podcasting with my students. And I'm guilty of it too. I say that all the time. I'm I'm doing a podcasting project with my kids, but but are we really? Are we really doing podcasting with our kids? Well, let's take a look at what actually a podcast is. Podcasting, the word itself is actually a combination of two words, iPod and broadcast. And back when the iPod was new, they wanted to come out with a way to take audio content at the time and put it out so that way an RSS feed would be able to pick it up and somebody else would be able to subscribe to it. And so the idea of casting your iPod content came about. Now, if you're creating video media with your students, that's awesome. If you're creating audio content with your students, that's awesome. But is it really a podcast? Well, not necessarily. Until you take that audio and you stick it up on a service like Lipson or Blueberry or Buzzsprout, something that gives it that RSS feed, it really isn't technically a podcast. Well, what about YouTube? Is YouTube a podcast? Can I, can I subscribe to YouTube? I, I, I have a, a channel on YouTube, and I can subscribe to that. Well, yes, YouTube does have a subscribe button, and you can subscribe to a, 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 a YouTube channel. For instance... If you go to teachercast.net slash YouTube, you can absolutely subscribe to my channel. Um, I think we're up to about 1,900 people already have. And if you have subscribed to my channel, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. But is that really subscribing to my podcast? Well, not really. Um, YouTube does have a subscribe button, but it doesn't give you an RSS feed. It doesn't give you a way to bring that content in to your 
to your podcast player or to your iTunes. It doesn't have that way to broadcast the content. By subscribing on YouTube, it's really no different than subscribing or following on Facebook or following on Twitter. You have the opportunity to get notified, but it really isn't casting. It really isn't bringing that information in there. So if you create a video project with your kids, and I'm going to be doing this in the next couple of weeks in my music class, it really isn't a true podcast until you stick it up on a service where you can be um, broadcasted out there or somebody can pick it up on an RSS feed. Now, many of you guys know if you go over to iTunes and search for TeacherCast, you can find all of our video shows, but that's not pulling from YouTube. I actually have a service called MediaCore, and, and anybody who's listened to TeacherCast has heard about me talking to MediaCore. In fact, you can go to TeacherCast.net slash MediaCore, and you can see all of my video shows. And instead of having a, a separate video feed for each of the shows, much like I do with the audio content, I have one video channel, and MediaCore gives me an RSS feed that I then stick into FeedBurner and I then stick into iTunes. So that's how I give you my video podcast that you can subscribe to over on iTunes. So there's a lot of neat things here that's going on. I really just wanted to start off today by kind of saying, what are we creating here? What are we talking about here? Are we doing radio? Not really. Are we making a podcast? Kind of. If you're listening to this and you're subscribing to this show here and you're up on your podcast app, then you're listening to this in podcasting form. If you go to our website, teachercast.net or educationalbroadcasting.today, and you listen to that audio, that's coming in from an RSS feed on my Lipson account. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about this and how I set these things up, we have some great screencasts over at educationalpodcasting.today. In fact, this week I just completed the series of my editorial flow. Um, There's a great screencast called Learn How to Submit Your Podcast into the iTunes Directory. It's about a five- or six-minute video that basically shows how I complete the circle. We went from the editing floor into Lipson from Lipson into WordPress, and then WordPress into FeedBurner, and then finally FeedBurner into iTunes. Now, I'm going to be working on one more that talks about a great free service called PodTrack, and look for that in the next couple weeks here. Before I get into uh, our, our interview today, I want to bring up a couple great things that are happening here on the channel. It has been a while. I know I did promise you that this podcast was going to be a weekly show, but uh, at school we've been having our musical, and I've been having fun uh, doing the, the show Anything Goes with my kids. So we've been, uh, unfortunately, it's been a few and far between since I did episode four and episode five. But we're going to get back into this on a weekly basis here. So stay tuned. Subscribe to this show over at educationalpodcasting.today. We've got some great episodes. All of our video episodes are already live on YouTube. In fact, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel again over at teachercast.net slash YouTube and teachercast.net slash iTunes. You can find our interview with Rob and you can also find all of our interviews up until episode 10. Yes, I have up to episode 10 already recorded. So that is all the great information that we have today. I, I gotta I want to stop right there and say sit back and listen to a great interview that we did with Rob Greenley. He is such a great guy. We want to say thank you to him for coming on. And here is our interview with Rob Greenley. My guest today is Rob Greenley, the current co-host of the new media show, which you can see live every single Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Rob, welcome to the show. 
thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's great to be here, Jeffrey. I, it's uh, it's always an honor to talk to you and uh, and speak to the educational market. Uh, you know, around podcasting, I think it's an important uh, genre in the space, and I appreciate you covering it. Now, you have been podcasting for quite some time. You used to work with Podcast One, and you for seven years were working with Web Talk Radio. H- how did you get into podcasting? Well, it was really as simple as I just walked into a radio station. I was doing uh, kind of like online marketing consulting back in uh, 1997, 98, 99. And part of my consulting that I was doing around search engines uh, was trying to share knowledge about what was happening, um, you know, with how to market your, your website and your company online. And I just walked into a radio station, started doing a show called the the web talk guys that then turned into web talk radio, which I did for about six or seven years and got that syndicated out to about 15 radio stations and got on the XM satellite radio network for a couple of years and, and built a, a really strong online kind of distribution and a variety of live streaming platforms as well as on demand platforms, early uh, podcasting platforms, just actually before podcasting. Um, and so when podcasting started in 2004, um, I just added the enclosure tag to my blog feed, and pow, I was a podcaster. So I started podcasting in September of 2004 and did that for a couple of years and then uh, kind of stopped doing the the radio show and started to work full-time, uh, working more behind the scenes. But, but I still continue to create content at all of the places that I worked at. Uh, from Microsoft to to a startup company in Seattle that built a a kind of like a mobile app uh, back in 2005 to 2007 that had audio podcasts in it, um, and then left there to go to work for Microsoft and built the Zune podcasting platform, and was there for about six years and just left about a year and a half ago um, to go to work for Podcast One as their CTO. And after a year there, I've left there, and now I'm wor- working with uh, Spreaker, as well as still a a consultant to Podcast One as well. So I'm kind of splitting my duties between two platforms right now. But that's a that's a brief history of me. <laughs> well. We're so lucky to have you today to talk a little bit about you know podcasting tips and tricks. We have a lot of people out there listening who are interested in getting into their podcast but really don't know where to start. As somebody who's been podcasting and somebody who's been in radio, as the host of these platforms, what do you see as the difference? Did you prepare differently for a radio show versus maybe a podcast show? And, and I know you do your live show on Saturdays. Do you prepare any differently? Do you see a difference between being a podcast host and maybe a radio host? Yeah, I think there's a huge difference. And and it doesn't have to be that way, but it it is that way because the culture of radio is quite different than the culture of podcasting. And and it really is a culture question. It's about um, you know, podcasting has always been about personal engagement uh with an audience. Uh, that's listening in their ear, you know, very, very closely. It's not like they're sitting in a car, you know, driving to work and passively listening and tuning in and out of stations. And it, it, uh, it, it requires a different skill set. Radio is all about tune in, tune out, um, trying to, um, you know, put out these little tidbits of, of 
info that can keep you teased to keep you listening or playing the latest uh, track to keep your attention where podcasting already has your attention uh, you just have to be able to deliver to that audience an engaging value-filled um, content um, that that is engaging and entertaining and, and and fun and I think that's that's what radio is missing and that's what uh, audiences are craving and wanting is uh, hosts that uh, are fun to listen to and enjoying and they get value from and they learn from um, and, and I think that that's that's really the difference and that's why radio and podcasting are a little bit like oil and water they don't mix all, all the time some some show hosts can straddle both worlds and and do it but it really gets back to talent you know and and their ability to connect with with an audience and not all uh, traditional broadcast folks uh, have that skill you know it's funny how you were saying things that radio is missing and I, i'm a subscriber of sirius xm i've been that way for uh, 10 years at least and i'm also a big fan of the work that's happening on podcast one i've I say all the time, I love the you know the Chris Jericho show and the Steve Austin shows, and I, I listen to those wrestlers shows because those guys know how to work a microphone. But what yep. I'm noticing is even the companies like Sirius XM, even the sports talk stations, they're getting into podcasting, aren't they? Yeah, I mean a lot of those have, have kind of um, come in and out of podcasting over the the ten years that the medium has existed and. And they've they've dabbled in it, and and they've they've just repurposed the the shows that they had on the air, and that doesn't always work. And and one of the other challenges that the radio side has is that they're very local focused, and unfortunately, for good or bad, podcasting is not yet, and I say yet, a local medium. It is a national, global medium today, and that's that's another area where radio just doesn't match with podcasting because there's typically not enough listeners to a particular program in a particular market to be able to support the production of that program if it's only targeted to a local market that now that doesn't mean that that will always exist but um but i think uh for the next couple of years uh podcasting is going to going to remain a a national and global uh medium are there ways that, as a podcaster, we can maybe regionalize our shows? I mean, I used to do a show that was geared for New Jersey educators, and I had a lot of businesses approach me for sponsorships, and they kept saying, well, is this show heard in my area? Mm-hmm. Because they wanted to know if you know their, their sponsorship dollars was going to bring them people into their pizza joint or into their library or something. And I kept having to explain, well, it's a podcast. People in, in Egypt can listen to this. Yeah. It's not... You know, yes, I'm talking about the New Jersey teacher, but really, yeah. like, what can a podcaster do out there who is looking to do that localized thing? I mean, let's just take it back into a, a principal who wants to create a podcast maybe for his school or his community. Clearly, once you put it on iTunes, everybody can hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the future does hold uh, local podcasts um, as being a successful model. I think it's it's coming. If you look at kind of the the Uber trends of what's happening on the the the, the web and the internet today and even in apps and stuff is there the, there's this trend line toward um, more localization and more connection with helping people manage their lives in their 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 local world around them, right? Um, and what they do 
and and that trend line is going to come into podcasting too. And as as you know, it's the chicken or the egg thing. It, does the content have to exist before people will use it in that way, or are people going to just kind of um, start thinking about this stuff in a different way and connecting with this medium because it's going to become part of, let's say, Spotify. It's going to be part of Pandora, and it's going to be part of all these streaming audio platforms today that are that are um, geared towards catering to people at a much larger level um, and more, you know, just a larger group of people. Because still today, podcasting is still, I think, um, it, it's at like maybe 60 to 70 million people have ever listened to a podcast, uh, which is still, you know, less than a third of the of the U.S. population. So, if you look at radio, radio is probably like 80 or 90 percent of the population. So uh, there's there's basically a um, still a gap in that listener base that can reach local markets. And and I'm not sure how that's going to happen o- over time. But but I think as um, on-demand audio gets more integrated into the cars and gets uh, better technology behind it to help people discover content that's relevant to them based on their their desires and interests and what they're doing uh, and their devices know that that the, it's gonna it's gonna be a better situation so I think that there's a lot of upside to podcasting's future well I, I absolutely think that you're right about that I mean I even heard this yesterday on on one of the serious serious XM programs I'm listening to cars are still coming out with CD players but does anybody take a stack of CDs and put them in their car? And, you know, we're dating ourselves a little bit here, but just about, I would say at this point, every car has some kind of either Bluetooth capability or they have that aux jack where you can plug your phone directly into it. So that is a major, major. But that's really geeky, though. That's the that's not a mainstream thing necessarily. And I think that's the challenge. I mean, until it's it's uh, more integrated into the dash of the vehicle, I think um, not that many people are going to realize that they can take a wire or Bluetooth. It's a complicated thing to do in a car, um, though I think it's getting easier. I think that's that's the key here, is that it's, it is getting easier, and more of these car, car manufacturers are integrating these, these dash systems that are safe to use, mm-hmm. that are easy to use, and that, that will uh, be smart to, to remember what you like to listen to in the car, and will we'll go there. And as you are seeing more of these platforms um, kind of move and develop, they're starting to think about, um, you know, traffic reports and weather reports and news updates that can uh, maybe, uh, you know, stop your program and deliver that to you. So it's more like a radio experience, but it's really your content. I think is where the the overall direction this is going to go. Are you suggesting that, and someday you're going to be buying a data plan for your car? I think a lot of the this is already on the roadmap at a lot of the big car manufacturers today is that if they're going to add that capability to the vehicle that they they're going to bundle in there probably a free year or two years of data with the sale of a vehicle just to get people to to use the platforms that they're using and then once they get them hooked then people will just add it uh, I mean it's just going to be part of their their shared data plan that they have and over time those data plans are going to get bigger and bigger um, uh, for the same amount of money. That's just the, the way things work. Um, and I think it's getting better all the time. Podcasting and classrooms are really becoming one these days. There are so many features out there on iPhones, iPads, iPod touches that make video capturing easy 
editing easy, recording audio easy. People are coming out with these Chrome extensions that they can record podcasts, both video and audio for the, from their Chrome books. Let's take a look at what a classroom teacher needs to do. And maybe you can give us some advice here on podcasting. How do we do this stuff? Let's take a look at this from the equipment, maybe. And then maybe we can take a look at more of the software. If I was to ask you, Rob, what is one or maybe two of those microphones out there, inexpensive, something that a classroom teacher can use, what what do you suggest? Well, for one thing, you have to think about the environment that you're actually uh, recording these things in as a primary kind of beginning point. Um, I mean, if you're going to record these in echoey rooms or you know, environments that are not conducive to, to sound, um, I would stay focused on getting dynamic microphones and um, try and find rooms to, to record that um, have um, things on the walls and maybe carpet on the floor uh, to kind of minimize the whole echo effect. Um, but, but key is dynamic microphones, and it can be, you know, I would, I would s- stick with um, brand names that people are familiar with, you know, Sennheiser, Shure, um, and, and get, I mean, there's pretty, pretty low-cost mics that you can get for like $99 or, or, or less. But I think to do a quality audio recording, I don't think you really should go much lower than $99. Um, for you know, like a handheld microphone, kind of like what's what's behind me here. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look up here, it's it's a it's like a little mic here. Let me pull it. So it's a lot like this um, this type of mic. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a handheld mic like like this. It has an XLR jack on the back, um, and there's plenty of ones that you can get. I mean. Actually, I bought this one from Radio Shack for like $69. Um, but there's nothing wrong with <clears throat> using this kind of a mic because it's, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> it's very directional. So your voice can speak to it and it won't pick up a lot of noise. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm losing my voice, um, you know, around you. So I think it's it's good to use these these kind of mics. Now, granted, this this mic that I'm using here is a Shure, uh, it's an SM7B, and it is also a dynamic mic that's very similar to, to this. Um, what the difference is, is, this has a very large diaphragm on it, and it's about $350. Now, you, uh, but, you, you keep using the word dynamic mic. Can you describe or can you uh, tell us what a dynamic mic is? Well, there's two different types of mics. There's condenser mics and there's dynamic mics. And these are the the technology that's used in the microphone to capture audio. Most dynamic microphones don't require any power. Um, so, but a condenser microphone, which are typically used in music uh, recording studios that are all soundproofed and and because those condenser microphones will pick up every single sound in any room. I mean, it'll pick up all the peripheral sound around you, uh, noise outside or, you know, banging on the, the table or something. I mean, it'll pick up every little thing that happens. So I spent many years doing uh, recordings of my radio show with condenser, cardio condenser microphones, and I had to put sound bufferings on all my walls 
else it would be it would sound horrible. Um, but the dynamic mics are very um, they pick up sound from a like a heart shaped angle around the actual microphone and they they typically don't pick up much sound that's that's probably more than let's say two or three feet you know you know away from the actual microphone. They may pick up a little bit of high frequency off in the distance, um, but it's going to be very very minimal. And if you're in a in a noisy environment like a classroom, you can certainly um, uh, speak directly into the microphone, and and some of the kind of technology now will will filter out a lot of extraneous uh, background sounds. I'm not saying that the microphone will do that, but a lot of a lot of recording software can 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 be can you know apply some filters. But um, but mainly it's just your ability to speak and be heard when you're up close now. Now you need to be probably you know inch to two inches from your microphone, and also have like maybe a a foam buffer on there to to minimize what's called popping, which um, which comes from you saying you know, like p p p p p, and it it basically sprays air at the microphone, and it causes a you know like a like a popping sound. Um, so you need to kind of keep your distance from your mic as well. Um, and especially a condenser mic, you you really have to be careful with that. But a but a dynamic mic is is uh, much more forgiving as well in a lot of ways too. So we have our microphone Re- recommending something that's dynamic, something that kids can really use in a classroom situation. Now you had mentioned XLR, which generally means that your microphone has to go into some kind of a mixer. Are there any mixers out there, again, keeping in mind classroom budgets and stuff, something that you might want to recommend to a, a teacher, maybe one or two mics? I mean, I, I know with myself, I've got a Behringer here. I've got a few Behringer mixers here in front of me. Um, what what do you use or what do you recommend? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Mackie mixers. Okay. Um, they have very, very quiet um, amps in them to amplify the audio, and that's exactly what I'm using here today. Is I'm I'm using a Mackie mixer, and I'll, I'll I'll try and show it here as best I can, so you can see it off to right right there. Yep. Uh, it's a four-channel uh, uh, mixer. They make those for like. Um, uh, I think they're like a hundred dollars, um, but they do make a, a two-channel version that's uh, I think like seventy dollars. Okay. Um, and so, but that's not your only option. It just depends on what you're doing. I mean, that enables you to have multiple microphones and things like that. But you can get, you know, like a USB mic um, that will um, accomplish the same thing that you can just plug directly into your computer. Uh, but that's typically for just a recording, like maybe just one person talking into a microphone. But if you want to have like a, a discussion with another person, you have to have to have t- two mics. Uh, there are kind of lower cost kind of uh, um, uh, USB kind of kind of mixers that you can get that are pretty compact and small. Um, yeah, I have another one here. It's it's about. $500, but um, it can take, it's very portable. It's about, it's about this, it's about this big. It's about three or four inches in diameter and it, and it plugs into any, you know, XLR mic and then plugs directly into a computer and it manages those connections. It's, it's a professional quality, but um, there are other uh, boxes that you can get. I would just go, go to like a, like an audio music, you know, supply 
site and um, and check around on that type of stuff. So what we're going to do here is all the stuff that Rob is talking about, we're going to make sure that we have some of the serial numbers and we will make sure that we have it over here in our show notes over on educationalpodcasting.today. Now, Rob, a couple okay. of weeks ago, we had Steve Stewart on from You Can Podcast 2, and he was telling us about Audacity and how on a Windows machine, you can take your audio formats and use Audacity to edit your podcast and export your MP3. Would that be something that you're using as well, or are there other formats out there for people that are running Windows machines that you might be able to recommend? I'm I, I'm not a huge fan of the, uh, the Audacity software just from the standpoint of um, I, I don't believe that the quality of the, the encoding that you get out of the lame encoder that you have to plug into that uh, is really all that great. Um, so I typically use a software program called SoundForge, and it's uh, it's a soft it's just audio recording and and uh, you know you can do some editing in there too. Um, software package it, it sells for like sixty nine dollars, um, and it's uh, a full feature. It has all of the the encoding capabilities and the editing capabilities that you would need to do do a show. Uh, and the the quality of the encoding is a lot better in in SoundForge. Excellent. Uh, so it's a Sony. It's called Sony SoundForge um, Audio Studio is what they call it, and it's about six, sixty nine dollars. Nice. The one question that people keep coming up for, and the one question that we get the most is about podcast distribution. Everybody knows that they need to get their show onto iTunes somewhere. But you had already mentioned a few things. I looked on your website, and you've got a link for Spreaker. What What is Spreaker? What is that all about? And how does somebody get hooked up and put their show onto Spreaker? Well, I think that what was really attractive to me about Spreaker was their, their view of giving a tool set to podcasters uh, that is more complete. Uh, if you look at a lot of the platforms in the podcasting space today, they – they offer partial solutions, um, where where Spreaker is is really a kind of a 360 degree um, solution for for many podcasters, um, and and the key the key difference is that they offer live streaming, so you can uh, actually record your podcast live and have it stream live, and have that uh, that that stream actually turn into your podcast. So if you want to Produce your show, uh, you know, in that way, and get your listeners to tune in uh, while you're recording it, uh, and then have that go out as a podcast. The backend system um, basically allows you to do that and offers you kind of kind of free recording software. Essentially, it doesn't have software that allows you to edit, so you, so you would have to export that and do do some post production on it. Um, but it does offer software for you to do all the recording and it even has music and sound effects that are built into the live streaming um, software itself so um, which is quite different um, than any any of the other podcasting hosting platforms um, but but it also has a robust kind of feed creation side too so creating a traditional podcast that supports all the the iTunes tags and and has really are really affordable hosting of all, all, all your shows. So they have a free plan that you can get started with. And the other the other two plans that I would highly recommend for the educational market is is the um, the next 
step up plan, which is $4.99 a month, and it will give you basically two years of one hour, um, you know, you know, one hour audio episodes that you can upload to the platform. Um, plus, plus also live streaming and automatic distribution to to YouTube, SoundCloud, and a lot of other 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 distribution platforms out there. You know, I, I do like that automatic distribution too. TeacherCast does have a account with Spreaker. And I love sending the RSS feed out there. And many people ask me how we did this, but it's Spreaker Radio is actually our gateway to getting on to iHeartRadio. Yes, that's true as well. Yeah. And you can find out more information about that over at Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Lots of great podcasts. I do like the live feature. They have a great mobile app. So certainly check that out. I believe the link is teachercast.net slash Spreaker, and I'll certainly make sure that that's going to be over in the show notes for that. You know, Rob, for teachers that are out there trying to create their first podcast, whether it be by themselves or with their students, I, I got to ask you, like, what is the big advice that you give to people? If, I, if I'm out there looking to create my first show, I don't know what to do. I don't even you know, have an idea maybe for a show topic. Give me a couple things of advice that we can give to teachers out there. I think that the big thing is just think about what you're trying to accomplish um, and, and what your goals are for the show, and and I think that's probably pretty obvious. And and um, and really think about um, the format of it. I mean, I mean, a lot of podcasters will just get in front of a mic and start talking, um, but but a lot of the, the more quality productions think about. Um, well, what's the value? What's the topics? Um, how structured should the show be? Um, how much uh, pre-show prep do we need? Uh, who's the the host of it? Is there going to be multiple um, hosts on this program? And that's going to drive what what type of equipment that you need and and what type of um, platform that you need to to actually distribute it. If you want to do it live or you want to do it just on on demand pre-recorded then that also creates a different situation for what type of equipment that, that you need are you going to have guests on that are going to call in via Skype uh, there's other other challenges if you're going to do that then you need to get a plug-in for Skype that you can do two-sided uh, uh, recordings of those conversations so it's really a matter of understanding what the format that you're trying to do and and what's the audience that you're trying to reach with this and if it's just an educational thing for your students in your classroom, then you can you can do whatever you want to do um, that that the class and and say their parents or or you know that you're trying to reach with this or you're trying to help help the kids understand how to do this stuff. Um, it just depends on what your goals are, and and that will drive what you need in equipment and resources and um, and format for the program. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. You know, we, we like to ask this question on, on all of these different educational podcasting shows. Can you podcast for free? And it is possible. Yes. You know, you don't need a microphone. You can you can record right into your iPad using, you know, using the native yep. voice recorder. Um, yep. and it's actually very good. It's yeah. actually very good. Actually, the 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 iPhone um, microphone is fantastic. I mean, we have guests on the new media show that that uh, will Skype us through their their iPhone or their iPad, 
and it looks as good as anything that's done on a high-quality webcam on a computer. So uh, it's just a matter of getting into a Wi-Fi connection, and and, uh, and it can work fantastic. And you can do video stuff too. I mean, it's it's just uh, amazing what you can do now. And then there's like platforms like Meerkat and and others that are starting to come up now that uh, is making this even more easy to do. Um, that's a whole other conversation it, it, about it, yeah. <laughs> Yes, and we, we will certainly get to that one day on this show here. Yeah. You know, coming up in a few weeks, we have um, a guest coming on to talk all about a great app called Boss Jock. And the fact that you can, you can I, I think Boss Jock is nine ninety nine, but I did hear that there's going to be an educator version of that app coming out for a, a no. much discounted price, I will tell you, free. And I, it's... It, to get your kids podcasting would be an amazing thing. I know for myself, at the end of our year, I do a course on the history of rock and roll. I split the kids up into groups. Each group takes a decade, and their job is to create a video podcast on that decade, talking about you know the, the, the news, the history, the sports, the music, the whatever. And then at the end, we put those up onto our website. Now, we don't necessarily need to go to iTunes. Um, we just put our video up on Google Drive because I embed it. But at least it's a way for our kids to get into video creation, media, editing, sound, and they have a great time doing it. You know, we, uh, the, the audience for here is, is across teachers that want to create a show in their own studio like we are here or that want to create stuff on their classrooms. And it is nice to hear from you, Rob, that. You can spend maybe a hundred bucks, maybe one hundred and fifty bucks. Get yourself a nice mixer, nice microphone, and really get into podcasting. Or, hey, if you have a kindergarten classroom, you don't need any of that stuff. You can do this for free. And the and the and the you know, if all you want to do is to get media out to grandma and grandpa, very simple to do. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I mean, it's amazing that the tablets and the computers now are getting uh, really high quality recording capability built right into them and and I think very soon it's not going to be really all that necessary to to have these really expensive microphones and 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 things I I just think it's going to be built in this quality is going to going to come even to telephone calls amazingly right. you're going to be able to there's there's talk now of uh you know a lot of the wireless carriers moving over to what they call HD audio for phone calls, um, and it's been a long time coming. I don't know about you, but uh, trying to understand somebody on a phone call, on a cell phone call these days, is pretty bad. Um, is that the same audio that radio stations are now doing it when they're dual banding their their radio stations and calling it HD? Well, it it's it's very similar. It's a wireless technology that's going to come to their their digital um, phone cellular signals that's going to up the bandwidth. So as they ramp up their, their bandwidth capabilities, that the audio quality on these phone calls will hopefully improve. And that's the only, only way that they're going to save um, regular traditional phone calls is by upping the quality because I, IP calls are starting to threaten that that revenue engine that they have. <laughs> you know, Rob, a lot of people are asking, how do I learn more about podcasting? Where can I find out some of the great things that you're doing? On Saturday morning, you and your partner, Todd, run a show called New... Uh, I'm getting this wrong. New Media Show. Tell us a little bit about that and what we can expect on a Saturday morning. Well, it is a really kind of an insider show where we talk to um, kind of high-level leaders in the 
podcasting business in, in space. So we're, we're typically talking about pretty advanced concepts uh, around what's happening in the new media market, more specifically towards podcasting and on-demand audio is our, our focus uh, since both Todd and I are heavily involved in that, that side of things. But we will also talk about you know video and, and, and TV and what's happening in those spaces. But primarily we're a podcast show, and we, we talk about um, topics that, that are important to the podcaster community and getting getting people on from companies and platforms that are that are up and coming that a lot of people maybe don't know about uh, and the people and and persons and personalities that, that are behind those 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 particular companies is doing a live show on a Saturday the same as doing a radio show that's live or is, are we still talking different things for you? Um, it's it's a lot less structured than what I did on my radio show every week, so it. It takes a lot less planning on my part because I just book guests on that show on the new media show, um, and they come in and we just um, talk just like we would if we met in a Starbucks. You know, and come in, you sit down. Um, all the people at the table have uh, backgrounds in the topic that we're talking about, and they live and breathe it every day. And so sitting around and talking about it shouldn't be hard. And that's what that's what we do. It's not like the 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 variety show that I did with my radio show, where I had to be very structured and and know what my topics were and the the news of the day and be very kind of accurate about it. This show is more about you know exposing what other people are doing and um, the trends that we're seeing on the ground in the real world every week. So anyway, that's. And that's at newmediashow.com. I'm glad that you put it that way. And you kept using the word conversation and talk. And, you know, I've said on the show a couple of times, you know, throughout the last four years of TeacherCast, I've probably done more than 500 shows, but I've never interviewed anybody. It's always been these conversations. And I also find that a lot of new podcasters are nervous about either coming on a show or being the host because they don't know what to ask somebody. And I usually just end up, you know, starting off with, before the show starts, we have these little dialogues and just say, look, it's a conversation. It's a discussion. Yep. It's no different. You know, and by, oh, by the way, the camera's been rolling. Like, you, you just have a good time with this. And those are the shows that I think people listen to. I mean, I think your audience knows when you're stiff. And I think your audience knows when you're nervous about things. And mm-hmm. I always, you know, the, the one advice, and, and maybe you can comment on this, but I always just say, have a natural conversation with somebody. Be genuinely interested in what's going on. I mean, I love learning new things. The Teacher Cast podcast came out basically because I wanted to learn what you were doing with your iPad in your classroom. And so this natural dynamic of this conversation started happening. Uh, how do you approach guests or how do you approach you know, either a topic that you're fully familiar with or brand new to you and you're reading off of show notes? Well, I think that the bigger picture of what you're you're saying is is that you know I think people like genuine um, people and people like to listen to genuine conversations and 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 that's 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 what this is all about and I think being very very um, transparent and talking about things in a frank way and and not always shying away from you know controversial topics or 
you know, it's okay to put your, your opinions and your thoughts out there. I know if you're in the educational sector, you probably need to be a little bit more cautious on um, topics that you might um, talk about on your program. So I think you need to be, you know, aware of those kind of things. Um, but, but it is about, you know, just having conversations that are, that are relevant and genuine and from your heart and from your, your experience. And I think that's, that's, that's the key to, to doing a really great show. And I think if you're communicating that to your students, uh, and, and teachers need to understand that too, is that, um, that's what this is all about. The, there, there is no one way to do any of this really. I think it's, it has to make sense to you and it has to make sense to your students and it has to uh, be something that's a win-win for everybody. And if you can find that, then that magic sauce has been discovered. I think that's a beautiful place to end it right there. No one right way of creating a podcast. Be genuine and certainly enjoy yourself. Rob, thank you so much for spending time with us today. One more time, where can we find you online? And maybe how do we get a hold of you on your social networks? Um. I'm on Twitter at Rob Greenlee, and that's R-O-B-G-R-E-E-N-L-E-E. -E -E, and I have a website at uh, robgreenlee.com. And you can also go to Spreaker.com. Uh, PodcastOne.com is another place where I work. And um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and all those, you know, under my name. So if you just do, do a search in Google, you can find me. And I can also be reached at uh, Rob at... Uh, Spreaker.com, and that's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Uh, if you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to to help uh, or you know give some advice. Um, so that's the easiest way to get a hold of me. And we will certainly make sure we have all of those links in our show notes over on our website, educationalpodcasting.today. Rob, thanks so much. Thank you. We certainly want to say thank you to Rob for stopping on the show and certainly hope that you check him out over at robgreenlee.com and also at newmediashow.com. And if you are a podcaster, get your show onto Spreaker Radio. It is really, really cool. You can certainly find TeacherCast over there at teachercast.net slash Spreaker. Before we go, I want to say one more time, thank you guys so much for checking out our show today and certainly for supporting it. We have over on our iTunes channel, I believe it is 10 five-star ratings and i want to give a big shout out to a few people here snoop fair mr mike t j a bell pepper bt costello 05 sissel nips technocast jasper fox senior reb spider sonic and skeptical 01 for writing a review and giving us a nice rating we would love it if you would check us out over on itunes just by doing a search for educational podcasting today and leaving us a rating leaving us some great reviews thank you guys so much for supporting this show and also thank you for taking the time to check this out I want to remind you that every single Sunday night at 7 o'clock is the Tech Educator Podcast. We have a great lineup as we head into the ISTE conference happening here in beautiful Philadelphia. And also, if you are interested in podcasting, check out the podcast PD hashtag uh, that was started recently by a few great educators here in New Jersey. And uh, we are talking about podcasting live every Sunday night at 8.30. So my recommendation, grab some popcorn, watch the Tech Educator Show at 7 o'clock Eastern, and when that's over, you can take a little bathroom break, and when you come back, 
It's time for Podcast PD. We have a great lineup on Sunday nights of podcasting. Check it out. Tech Educator, Podcast PD. And, of course, you can find all of our great iTunes videos and, and audio over on teachercast.net slash iTunes. Well, my friends, that wraps up this week's episode of Educational Podcasting Today. There's, of course, several ways that you can connect with us here at TeacherCast. You can leave us a voicemail at teachercast.net slash voicemail. And I got to tell you, that is the quickest and easiest way to get yourself noticed on this show and to get yourself as a guest on this show. We are looking to put this show together to feature you the educational podcaster. So please check us out. Leave me an email at feedback at teachercast.net. Twitter, you can find us at teachercast or the hashtag for this show, at podcasting today. And of course, if you go over to our audio and video channel, teachercast.net slash iTunes and teachercast.net slash YouTube, you can subscribe to this podcast anytime. Thank you for allowing TeacherCast to be a part of your professional development network, and I hope you take a moment to share TeacherCast with your PLN. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to make TeacherCast your home for professional development. Until next time, keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. National Podcast Day is September 30th, but what is National Podcast Day? It's pretty simple, and you can help spread the word. National Podcast Day is dedicated to promoting podcasting worldwide through public engagement. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved with National Podcast Day? It's easy. Head over to nationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. But ultimately, these options are endless. Remember, September 30th, nationalpodcastday.com, and let's start the conversation.